Hello everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of the podcast, recorded on August 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Ventor, a small-time streamer with big-time dreams. You can follow me on most platforms under Ventornado, including MindsGab, YouTube, and Rumble. Hello everyone, I'm the co-host, John, also known as Sophomore John, on Twitch, YouTube, Rumble, Minds. And I'm basically a content creator and video game uh, streamer and dad. And that's about it. Um, And I guess we'll go ahead and start uh, uh, off with our first guest. Uh, uh, Connor, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Connor. I'm a good friend of everyone here in this chat. I'm currently a United States Marine deployed overseas. Um, I have no social media, so if you try to find me on social media and you think that's me, I'm sorry to say, but that's not me. So, yeah, if you want to contact me, get a hold of either John or Ben Tornado, and they can, we can communicate through them. All right. And once again, welcome back. It's been a minute. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, it has. Yep. We'll move on to Miliana. Uh, you can get me on Discord, Twitter, Twitch, all that kind of stuff under Miliana Moo. Uh, I'm a content creator, video game addict, and published author. Thank you, Millie. And once again, welcome back. And last but not least, a uh, first time guest here, Wibbit. Hi everyone, my name is uh, Wibbit Guy. Uh, that's the name I go by on here on Discord, as well as Twitch, where I do some streaming, and YouTube, where I post videos. I have other social medias that I don't use as often. Those are mostly the main ones I use. I do enjoy playing video games. I do stream them a bit on Twitch, and I also enjoy drawing uh, and illustrating uh, artwork. So uh, I also stream that as well. Um, but yeah, you can find me by this name on um on a bunch of different social media sites. Excellent. Thank you and welcome. Alrighty, let's move on. The topic for this episode is guns, including recent issues like all the mass shootings that has happened uh, include, and the Second Amendment. It will also attempt to cover the basics and common misconceptions about the gun debate. However, we encourage people to do their own research on anything we say. Uh, The opinions stated by the hosts and guests should not be considered as fact. Uh, However, before we get started on the freeform discussion, I think it would be best if each of us said their general stance on the topic overall so we have a general idea where everyone is on this particular topic. My personal viewpoint on the subject is that I'm not a huge fan of guns. However, I do support the Second Amendment. In a perfect world, guns would have never been created, and we would still be using swords, shields, bows, and arrows. However, uh, it's pretty obvious we don't live in a perfect world. No matter what law or regulation we may pass in an attempt to prevent people from getting their hands on a gun, bad people will still do bad things. If they're going to break one law, what's another one just to break on their hands? So laws like that only hinders good people with guns. Uh, With that being said, I also do not know a ton about the subject of guns, 
So I am excited to learn more about this particular topic during this conversation. Uh, with that being said, uh, John, let's hear your opinions on the subject at hand. Uh, so basically, I'm a Second Amendment absolute absolutist. Uh, in fact, I think it's the best amendment that we have in there. The reason being is without that amendment, all the other am amendments can disappear in a heartbeat. Um, I believe guns are there for self-defense, for hunting. Um, unfortunately, uh, they happen to also be used in war. Um, I, I think they're a lot less brutal than um, swords and arrows and shields, but um, I definitely understand the opinion that my host has. Um, in a perfect world, we wouldn't need those types of things, but we do. Um, I think guns are great, and um, but a, a, a big important factor <clears throat> with uh, anyone owning guns, and this is my opinion, is that um, you need to understand proper safety uh, techniques, and you need to understand how to utilize it, uh, the gun, um, and you need to understand how to take care of it as well. Um, a gun is a huge responsibility. And not everybody should have them or can have them. Um, but as pertaining to the Second Amendment and what we here in America enjoy, uh, without the Second Amendment, all the other amendments can just go bye-bye. So that's my thoughts. Thank you, John. Now uh, we're going to move on over to our guests, uh, starting with Connor. Uh, I love to hear the military perspective on the gun debate. So have at it. What's your general opinions on the subject? So, yes, I'm in the military. So as you probably imagine, I'm going to, I am a huge supporter of the Second Amendment. Anything with guns, if you ask me, I believe everyone, not only in you know, the United States, but I think any person who has the ability to, think for themselves, should be able to have a gun. Um, I believe that's just a basic self-defense law, that natural law that I think that we should all be able to follow. Um, do bad people get a hold of them? Yes, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna get into that discussion later on in this, in this topic. Um, but I'm of the opinion that guns are an equalizer. They're no one, it pretty much it puts everyone on the same level. You're, you're allowed to defend yourself. If you need to get somewhere, if you absolutely have to use it against someone, it's not the best situation, but it happens. Um, and like I said, we're probably going to get into that discussion later on in this topic. So without going too further into it, that's all I'm going to say for now. Thank you. And uh, definitely, we'll definitely hit up some of those key points there. Uh, Millie, what's your opinion on the subject? I know... Uh, you're in a state that likes guns, so I'm excited to hear your opinion also. So, as your resident Texan, it's probably, you guys guessed it, I'm for guns. Uh, now, I do believe that we heavily, heavily need to work on the rules and restrictions on who and how you get them. But, I mean, like you've mentioned before, bad people are going to get them 
and they're going to, what's one more rule to break when you've already broken a few rules? But if you put a few more restrictions, it might help some problems that seem to be arising more constantly lately. Good points. Thank you. And last but not least, uh, Wibbit. Let's hear your opinions. All right. So on the topic of guns, um, first and foremost, uh, I've never used or operated a gun of any type. Uh, however, I'm not opposed to the use of them. Um, I, um, I do believe that guns, just, just like um, swords and knives, they're, they're weapons, which also in turn are tools. And tools uh, can be used differently in, in different hands. Some good, some bad. So I, I've always felt that um, uh, guns, weapons, uh, tools, uh, the emphasis on that word, it, it, it uh, a lot of the, the, the stuff that goes on also depends on the hand that wields that that tool. And uh, although I'm not, though I've not used a gun, I'm also open to someday being able to uh, try them out and be able to understand the. Understand those kinds of uh, weapons or tools uh, more. That way, I have more to say about them. And I do live in California. I know California has uh, a certain reputation about about itself. Um, although I do know that some of my local peers are actually pretty big on guns as well. But uh, I'm I'm still fairly. Um, I still have a lot to fill in on the topic, and I'm definitely open to to this topic. Thank you. Yep, it sounds like you're pretty similar to me where you're excited to learn more about the subject at hand. All right, so now we're going to start into the free-form discussion. Um, once again, I would like to remind all our viewers the opinions stated by our guests and hosts are just that, opinions. If we bring up any facts, we 100% encourage you to double-check us because sometimes... We're human, so we can make those mistakes also. Uh, we're going to open up the discussion with the first question, though. What is everybody's general understanding of the Second Amendment? Not your opinion on it. That's going to be a little later down the line. What's your understanding of it? Uh, let's start with Wibbit Guy. What is your understanding of the Second Amendment? Uh, well, I, a while ago, I... I might have skimmed the description of the Second Amendment. I just remember or recall certain lines like something about uh, a, a regulated militia, something, something, and uh, with the right to bear arms. And I think it led to saying uh, something to protect against threats foreign domestic, maybe. I can't, I can't remember exactly what the entire uh, document stated. But uh, from my understanding, it means that it's got the it, it presents the individual rights to, um, well, basically defend yourself with a firearm. Um, and the word militia, I, I see that very prominently in the in the description of the amendment. Um, I mean, a militia, is, uh, what I understand is like you know, um, like citizens citizens uh, taking up arms for. Uh, uh, whatever kind of cause may be appropriate in the time. So um, from what I understand, the Second Amendment basically gives individual rights to uh, use firearms in certain situations where where uh, an individual's freedom or liberty or, or life is, is threatened. Okay. 
That's a pretty solid uh, foundation. Uh, let's move on to Millie. What's your general understanding of the Second Amendment? So, first I want to say, uh, just remember rights can be taken away if you over-push them. But to me, the Second Amendment is just that you're given the right to get to have a firearm to do what you feel you need to do with it, whether it's protect your home and your family, uh, go hunting, you know, whatever, whatever. But also in that is the a well-regulated militia, which I have family members who have been in the military and they have voiced several times that, hey, we need to regulate this a little bit better. But that's that's our right it's as a as a nation as a a a place where millions of people live to have a regulated military that will defend our homeland and then if that right is still encroached we still have our own arms to take up okay okay thank you and Seamus your understanding of the second amendment so, as I said earlier, um, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, in a general term, um, is an equalizer. Um, it's, if the government is out there, or if someone is out there trying to infringe your right on anything, whether it be your freedom of, freedom of religion, um, they're trying to take your property away, away from you, um, they're trying to accuse you of something without having due process, the Second Amendment is there and should be there it, as a, as almost as if as if it's a last line of defense. You should always the the government or anyone else should never be able to just overpower overpower you without you having to say something about it. And if you can't say something about it, it's like an it's like a wounded animal back in the corner. What are they going to do? Nine times out of ten, they're going to fight or bite back. Um. As, as I said earlier, some, some bad people do get a hold of guns. No, nothing is ever perfect. Um, I, am not a, I am not a fan of regulation when it comes to weapons. Um, traveling around the world and reading on history, I have learned and seen that any kind of regulation, whether it be a slow or a fast process, it's like a snowball effect. One thing leads to another. One small incident leads to another. I'm sure we've all seen that with the recent school shootings that have happened. Um, heck, heck, any any violent altercation with weaponry, whether it be knives in the UK or obviously guns here in the United States, you're going to have those people that absolutely hate guns, which is understandable. I mean, some people may just have bad bad interactions with weaponry. That's that's perfectly reasonable, um, but for my opinion, I think if someone wants to have a nuclear weapon in their backyard and they can safely, securely handle that nuclear weapon, more power to them. I'm not going to have one because that's too much effort on my end. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you feel entitled or you feel like you have to have some kind of a weapon. Even if you're a hobbyist, like you just like shooting guns, but you don't want to hurt anyone, but you just like shooting guns. 
hey, go go buy a gun, go go to a shooting range, or go make your own range and have fun. That's 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 kind of my general opinion on the Second Amendment. Okay, thank you. You got into the opinion a little bit, so we might hit you up again later on that, but that's okay. Uh, my understanding with the Second Amendment, personal understanding, is that it doesn't limit what weapons. So, like, even Seamus uh, brought up nuclear weapons. To my understanding, nowhere in the amendment does it say, except X, Y, and Z. It's literally all weapons should be allowed by the people. Now, should nuclear weapons be allowed, or biological weapons, or hacking uh, viruses and whatnot, that could be a diff uh, topic for a later down the line in this podcast. But my general understanding of the Second Amendment is for all weapons, and it's designated for self-defense for not only yourself, but also your property, your land, your country. Uh, that's my general understanding of it. With that being said, I'm going to toss it over to the co-host, John. And uh, what's your general understanding of the Second Amendment? I have a feeling you know it pretty well. Um, I mean, I'd like to think so, but I... <clears throat> the Second Amendment goes fairly deep, just with just like all the other amendments you can, but. A basic understanding, at least for me, of the Second Amendment. Obviously, a, a well-regulated militia being uh, both not only just a federal... Well, at the time it was written, it wasn't a federalized military. It was uh, individual states and uh, individual groups of folks getting together. And when they mean what they mean by a well-regulated militia, they, they mean folks that know how to properly execute... Um, all the functions of the tools that they're using, whether they be obviously guns, but also um, part of that is uh, uniform uh, as far as being like in a uniform, um, marching, like all the things that would come with what you normally see in today's uh, military, right? Um, that actually is uh, is part of the Second Amendment. Um, now, obviously, breaking it down uh, being necessary necessary uh to the security of a free state uh so again when the constitution uh the bill of rights the founders envisioned a very small government a small federal government where individual states would be doing the bulk of the work uh basically it would be 12 experiments with a federal government kind of uh, being the glue to keep it together. So it was up to the states and also its people to uh, protect themselves, their property, their rights, and their lives uh, from being a friend, infringed against um, their government and the federal government. Uh, like Connor was saying, it's, a, it's an equalizer for the people by the people. Um, and uh, again, that's also something you can, you can really break down the second amendment pretty crazy. And then the, um, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, obviously this goes to everybody that even means people that have gone to prison. Um, 
everybody should be allowed to own and bear arms, and in no way should that right be infringed. Um, this also includes um, cannons and, uh, you know, uh, quote-unquote, like, machine guns or belt-fed, belt-operated guns, uh, nuclear missiles as well. Um, again, there's you can have a debate about that. Um, I, I will hark back um, to you uh, then that chemical agents, I think, are something totally different. But, but, but that's a different subject. So that's basically... That's my understanding of the Second Amendment. And the it also, again, like I said in my opening, goes without saying this amendment is what protects, which this amendment is what keeps us um, to be allowed to have the other amendments that we currently do. And remember, too, that the amendments are not rights given to us by the government. These are... God-given rights. Um, these are the rights uh, of natural law. Every human individual has the right to protect themselves from somebody that is doing them, their family, or their property harm. So, and I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that. Those were some pretty solid statements. Because <laughs> that last part... Uh, where it's uh, you mentioned that it's the government is not the right isn't given by the government. We already have those rights. The government or the amendments are there to defend those rights, which is something right. that I was going to bring up is that the Second Amendment, my personal view, is there for self-defense. Like we like you said, we have the right to self-defend. Um by any means necessary uh, right but it, but but it also allows us to to keep our um our freedom our sovereignty as individuals and remember too that even though the even though the framers and the writers of the constitution the amendments and the bill of rights not all of them were religious men at all um, but they understand they understood the idea of natural law and that the natural law of humans isn't given um, by governments. These laws, the, the, the laws of nature where man must take care of their family, you know, give them food, um, be a, a normal person in society, right? So even if you're not a religious person, and I don't know who here is, I don't, I don't know that that really matters. Um, it's also, I think, very important to, to note that, um, you know, some of the framers were not men of God or Christians or, or Protestants or, you know, some of them didn't even believe in God, but they understood uh, natural law. Exactly. Thank you for uh, clarifying that for me a little bit. All right. Uh, Connor, can you elaborate a little more on your opinions on the Second Amendment? Do you think it's perfect? Do you think it needs to be adjusted? Do you? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, if you're asking if I think it needs to be adjusted, um, I don't think it does. Any person who has the ability to 
read the Second Amendment should be able to understand what it's trying to say and what it is saying. It's just like what sophomore Donald was saying. Uh, I just lost my train of thought for a second. Anyways, I'll get, I'll get, I, I'll find that at some point. Um, but no, I don't think it should be uh, regulated at all. Um, as I've already said in my my opinion, that I don't think there should be any regulation when it comes to weaponry. Um, I'll go back to having a nuclear weapon. Do I personally think someone may be mentally insane if they want to have a nuclear weapon? Yeah, maybe that's up for debate. Um, but why why should I be looked at as I don't know? Let's just say a terrorist or some crazy nut job. If I want to have a an M240, which is a machine gun, for those of you who don't know. If I want to have a machine gun mounted on, the, on my front porch for all my neighbors to see, uh, I'm going to make sure that it's safe and that it's not uh, like pointing at my people walking by my house. I'm not like, I don't want to just like randomly kill people or find people. That's just me coming from a military experience. Um, if someone wants to do that, more power to them. Um, I may personally go up to them have a discussion with them about gun safety and reasons why you don't just point weapons at people. But that's that's for a different discussion if you ask me. Um, but no, I don't think the amendment should be regulated or changed in any way, shape, or form. It's there to, if, if let's just say for example, John once is going up to me and he's he has a, a knife pointed at my, like he's holding it against my neck. He's saying, I'm going to, you're going to do things the way I want it to be done. If I'm able to get hold of the gun and stop him in, in any way, shape, or form, that is me defending myself. So I, I think everyone in the world should be able to have that right. And countries and people around the world who are making that not happen, I honestly, if you ask me, I think those people should be amended out of their jobs. They should be taken out of leadership positions because I don't think that's who, what a real leader is. So, yeah, I'll just pound it with that. Right. The, the, import, the important thing here, in, besides your focus on infringed, shall not be infringed, the, the important thing to note about the Second Amendment, and um, I believe Madison talked about this in the Federalist Papers, which I highly recommend everybody read because if you really want to get down to the um, brass taxes of why the framers wrote what they wrote for all the amendments and the Constitution and everything like that, um, honestly, you'll learn more about the Constitution reading those books than, than listening to any of us. Um, but but the key also is, is that... Um, the government should be afraid of its people. The people were not supposed to be afraid of the government, especially coming from a tyrannical king who ruled from across the ocean, and we just kicked his ass. Um, you know, uh, the government is beholden to the people. The people are not beholden to the government. And that that's also another uh, thing to remember when looking at just the Second Amendment, at least from the framer's standpoint, um, 
I'm 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 hopefully I'm not putting opinion in there, just trying to help. Um, you know, uh, people no. understand. Well, I at least see what you're saying. Um, I mean, there have been there were plenty of times. Uh, I'm, I forget the exact year, but there was the Whiskey Rebellion shortly after the American Revolution. There was a bunch of soldiers who went without pay during the war, and they rose up against um, against the new U.S. government at the time, and pretty much almost fought like, a, like an early civil war against the government because the government was kind of putting their boot on people's necks of, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna give you living wage. We're not gonna like let you feed your family or house yourself. Um, so, I mean, that, that wasn't a foreign government. That was a domestic government that was doing that. And- Yeah, that was, that, that was a, a state, the state government of Pennsylvania. And it was a right. whiskey tax. But but because of the war, the states were trying to find ways to get to generate money, and that 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 was one of the things that happened. And like you were saying, right? I mean, I, I don't. I'm not an expert when it comes to immediate or like the first like twenty or thirty years after the Revolutionary War. I, I admit my my general history of the United States when it comes to that is very very skimming the water. Um, my expertise comes later on more towards World War One, but yeah. To be to be fair, I'll, a lot of history books uh, skip over. Basically, we won the war, and then the next thing you see is a probably like the Trail of Tears from Andrew Jackson. Uh, so they don't actually talk about the fact that it took like twenty years for them to actually amend the Constitution and ratify it to actually be. I don't think it it was it wasn't finally finished until like 1790, somewhere between 1794 and 1799. Uh, it's a very fascinating time in history, and I recommend everybody um, also read up on it. And the Federalist Papers will also help do that to get in that frame of mind too. Awesome. Yeah, this is actually the first time I've heard of the whiskey uprising. What was it called? Whiskey Rebellion. Whiskey Rebellion. Yeah, that. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first time that I've thing, heard of that it. That thing that happened with booze involved. I mean, anything that have anything with booze involved is there's a there's bound to be a riot or a fight somewhere. I think the last time I heard the the Whiskey Rebellion was when I was still in maybe middle school, and I was living in the East Coast at that time in Pennsylvania. Uh, I can't barely I can't barely even remember anymore. I didn't retain all of that but uh i do recall something like that it's cool neat okay i need to look into that later the whiskey rebellion uh before we do that though uh millie your opinions on the second amendment do you think it's perfect do you think it needs to be changed do you think it should be applied everywhere nowhere what are your thoughts I feel like it needs to be a general rule, but the thing is, is there are certain restrictions that we need to uh, put on things. I mean, it's just one of those things. At the time, we didn't have a lot of the problems that we have nowadays where you could just... Because like, back then, we actually sent people to get 
quote unquote help at particular places. I'm not saying it was good help. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying that we sent people there. So what what time period are you referring to? Just just for clarification. Just, okay, just like any time period, really. I mean, from beginning of time, people would throw not criminals, but people who were mentally deranged, that were actually danger dangerous to themselves, to others, and things like that. Those kinds of people, if you have that specific pattern, you do need to have a restriction on you. You don't need to be able to just go and grab one from Walmart or wherever. Now, so, I mean, you do need to have, like, a background check and things like that. I mean, you have a background check to get a job. Why not? So you know? so you're, you're, you're referencing roughly the last hundred years or so? Yeah, the last hundred, two hundred years, I would say, I guess. Okay. Okay. Well, I, 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 I can tell you what I, I think, um, I, I, I want to say, and everyone check me, but uh, just so you know too, Millie, I believe the first gun regulations came down in like either, it was either the late twenties, like 29 or, um, 1934. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's the first time the federal government really started um, cracking down on on guns and gun types. But uh, during the time of the framers and uh, probably up until the Civil War, I think right just right before the Civil War, um, if people got into a fight, they, they would just duel with guns. So, you know, they each take a gun back to back, take 10 steps turn around and the person that was still standing at the end obviously yeah, won the won the have, argument yeah but at that time that's the way the world was now we're living in a time where you know a, a somebody who literally just walked out of a mental institute and didn't get the care that they actually needed because say here in the US their health coverage was denied, well, they can still walk into Walmart and get whatever they want and then go, what problem we have right now? Shoot up a school. So there, to me, there needs to be some form of regulation on it. Okay. Um, so, again, just, just so you know, um, somebody that's, if somebody's been in a mental institution... They're not allowed to get a gun by federal law, so they won't pass the background. I know, but check. I'm using it as an example. You were asking uh, right. how Time, I thought about right. it. Okay. That's what I was. Oh yeah. Saying. Okay. No, no, no. I was just not. Yeah. So I mean, but for listeners too, that, that it's important to know that that uh, uh, mental issues, um, domestic abuse, and if you have a um, a felony. Texas uh, actually doesn't check right now. I don't know about Texas because I, I, but federally, those are the standards from my understanding. Uh, Connor might know. So here's better, my or, but, here's my argument to that. I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. When, when it comes to that, um, obviously, you don't want someone who thinks uh, that like their pet rock is talking to them day in and day out. That's probably not the smartest idea. If that's the way you think, 
feel free to let me know. Uh, we can have a discussion about that. Um, but how, if, if you're going to go by that logic, humor me this. Say someone goes and purchases a weapon, they go through the background check, FFL determines that they're, they're good to go. They not, they're now the proud owner of Glock 17. Congratulations, you are now a proud gun owner in the United States of America. Um, 10, 15 years to go down the, go down the path, go down in the future. Um, they get a family, they have kids, you know, everything's, everything's great. There, there could be absolutely nothing going wrong in their life. Something suddenly tragic happens where they, I don't know, their family gets hurt or they get put into a situation where they're now, they can't mentally think the same way because it was such a traumatic event. Um, how do you, that, that person, when they purchased a weapon 10, 15, however many years ago, um, a lot of times, if, if, something, if something like that does happen, um, some states have laws that will make, that will allow the ATF or some kind of a government agency to go into their house and say, hey, you, these are the telltale signs that you might cause something. We have proof of, of things happening in the past. I don't necessarily agree with that kind of a statement, but that's just how things work right now. Um, are you referring to red flag laws? Yes. And if those laws don't go into effect quick enough, and that person decides to say, hey, uh, this tragic event happened because this random person uh, or this group of individuals or, or whatever they determine it, it be is the reason why I'm like this. And the only way to get rid of that is to get rid of them. How, I mean, you, can, you can't determine that when someone first purchases a weapon and they're, they're perfectly fine individuals. And like I said, it takes like 10, 15 years and, and something like that happens. You, you can't predict that stuff. You're right. You can't predict that stuff. But if you see the pattern already and it's already a problem, you can prevent them from getting a new weapon. Right. Um, so in that case... What, what, um, what's, to, what's to prevent somebody who has different political views than another person for going, I don't like this person. I think they're acting weird. I'm going to call the cops and say, hey, there's a red flag issue here. The cops come and they take all, all their guns. And now the person I mean, has to go to court. Have, you don't have, I mean, have to say politically. You just say, like, you're having a, you and your neighbor. You're being having, a dick today. Or like, you, have, you, you and your neighbor just have this petty thing. Like, I take, I, I, you just go back and forth between like tiki torches for whatever reason. Like, I take your tiki torches and like a couple weeks later, you take mine. And it's just, there's this thing back and forth and it goes for years. And it's one day, it's either you or your neighbor, you just finally get mad. I'm tired of them taking my tiki torches. I'm going to go to, I'm going to take them to court. Uh, I know they have guns. I'm going to have their guns taken away. I mean, it, you could say politics. You could say a neighbor dispute. You could, you could say anything under the sun. What's to prevent that? There's nothing. I mean, that's it's like any a normal HOA dispute kind of thing. You you can't always fight that. I'm just saying that 
yeah, things change. Things change every day. I could be a completely different person tomorrow than I am today. But today I can go out and get a gun. But if I try tomorrow when I'm, you know, bat crazy and have my hair standing on end and I'm wearing, you know, a muumu and I got curlers and I've got a sock on one foot and a puppy on the other, you know, no, I don't need to be getting a gun tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sounds like me after a Saturday night. We need to meet up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from, Millie, on that. Because I do think it's tricky. Because on one hand, I do agree that... It is. it is a very, very tricky black, not not black and white area. It's a very tricky gray area. No one is ever right on this issue. People think that they're going to be right. I admit I, there's going to be issues where I'm going to have to step back on, on what I think and acknowledge like, obviously, I don't agree with everything that you're saying, but I acknowledge where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. This is just, these are things that we need to discuss about. Exactly. And no, no, we're not, we're not all going to agree, but you know what? We're going to expand our minds and go and maybe rethink ourselves. Exactly. No, it's, it, it, and it's good to be challenged. I always, at least in these conversations, and sorry for cutting you off, Ben. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh I always try to, again, with, with arguments, it's that struggle of listening to the argument and, and going through different possible, lots of what ifs, right? But then I also have to go back to the shall not be infringed part. And that's really, and, and I think I think even with gun enthusiasts and people who, and I'm not a gun enthusiast, but um, I'm, you know, but I love America. Um, and so, and I believe that the, the, um, it's very black and white, what the, the framers put out there. So it, again, it, it's a really, to me, it's a fun exercise. I like doing that. I like going, okay, here's this point shall not be infringed. And again, it, you know, work through that, um, that pro work through that discussion. Um, cause it's a good mental exercise and it's just fun. Yeah, things like, does this still apply today, or should we reconsider it? Um, but yeah. Anyways, I think, yeah, oh. I was going to pass it on over to Wibbit. <laughs> Let him oh. have some uh, words in real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, uh, and you were kind of touching on it just before you called on me, then, uh, about the Second Amendment, and, saying, and thanks again, John, for listing it, the technical terms there so we can check them out. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, about the... Uh, the Second Amendment and probably even the other ones as well. Um, I've always felt that uh, they are worded in a certain way. They are worded, I guess, to, into by today's standards, a little bit vaguely. Yeah, and I, we might have said or, already that uh, maybe back then it might have meant something different. But uh, right now, uh, they're worded in a way that in today's in today's age of information and all kinds of uh, opinions. It is the the amendment is open to all kinds of interpretation from all kinds of people, and all kinds of sides will be having at it to to make meaning of this. And um, I also kind of wanna I wanna slightly bring in a little bit of a topic from like religious texts, scripture, the Bible. Um, those old texts are also been open to interpretation by people that uh, study and peruse them as they as they go through uh, um, those texts. And I think the same with these uh, with these amendments. Um, I, I just feel like 
the amount of interpretation that needs to be done now um, is sometimes it's, it, that's what makes it difficult for for so many of us uh, as individuals to be able to uh, to try to get this uh, the stance the stance right for ourselves. And that's also why maybe uh, some people are um, maybe not maybe able to handle it, and they have their they have their reasons for uh, for for just uh, going off off to some on some kind of agenda for or against it. I'm not sure. That's just what I feel. Yeah, well, of course. And so, so the two things real quick. So, um, mm -hmm. I went to school. Uh, for for theology, mm -hmm. um, the thing that we do when when interpreting the Bible is you go to the original. So in the Old Testament, you go to the Hebrew, and mm -hmm. in the New Testament, you go to the the Greek, right? And what and their alphabet and their definitions, and it's the same here. The definitions haven't changed. Society has changed and changed the interpretation as they see fit. But again, if you read the Federalist Papers, the founders laid out exactly what they meant in even more detail than what was written in the amendment. Um, there really isn't interpretation. It, 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 it's just understanding how the language was used back then, which, by the way, we taught in public schools up until about the 50s. So, um, and then education and stuff changed. And that's a whole other subject. I'm not trying to, to get in there, uh, a, a different subject. But um, again, with the Bible, it the Bible's not necessarily up for interpretation. Like, it's not a personal interpretation. It's understanding what God is saying to the reader not their interpretation and how it how they understand it during the time period that they're they're going to or going through I should say. Uh so that that that's all I have to say. I'm sorry about that. Okay. That's all right. Uh, that topic is very important to you so I understand John. No worries. <clears throat> well no, actually I yeah. I just think that un understanding the words that are being used in and by the way this, this is this doesn't go just with the second amendment. It goes with all the amendments that the framers of the Constitution wrote, um, it, it's very important. I think um, Americans that understand their rights are well-informed Americans and can protect themselves better from the government or from a tyrannical government. So understanding the what the framers meant by what they said, um, I think it's good for, for everybody, and that's that's good for the original amendments that were there if that makes sense this doesn't it's not just a gun issue that's a all the amendments all and then i was also going to say like because of these um the what do you call it these uh constitutional amendments uh, they're, they're they're listed and presented like very publicly compared to say the 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 documents that the framers wrote and because of that some a lot more people might be exposed to them and then they might have more or less in some people might have more or less informed uh decisions on how to um on how to view that on, on how to view that um 
the amendment or uh, wh whichever a text that they're going. So um, that's well. I do remember re um, learning about the uh, the what it uh, what the framers wrote, but that was all the way back in uh, probably middle school, I think. And um, I've been a little out of touch of that as well, I admit. So um, and, and even when I worked in a school setting, public school setting. I don't even really remember touching too much on those on those uh, topics. Uh, so, um, I think I think uh, there may be some things missing that we should that we can try to get um, get back in touch with to be able to understand these better. They don't want smart kids. <laughs> that might also be the reason why um, um, I kind of had to let go of the education field. I could kind of see something was all was going on, and that, that's all I'll say about that. All right. Thank you. Next week on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Hey, now. <laughs> We're only just reaching the one hour mark here in another 12 minutes or so. <laughs> just just pumping up the next episode, just letting people know what's coming. Yep. Okay, I understand now. Um, but with that being said, we're probably going to come back to this topic a little later down the line because all of the general questions that I have laid out all interconnect with each other. But uh, the next one that I want us to get into here is what each, how do I want to phrase it? Because I want to expand it a little more than what I originally had. The original question was, what is an assault weapon? But then uh, Seamus brought up uh, machine guns and like, how do we classify guns? This is me coming from like no gun background. Uh, I've heard uh, the term assault weapons get thrown around a lot in uh, mainstream news. What is an assault weapon? What do they mean or what do like the mainstream news means what an assault weapon is, so on and so forth? <laughs> what is a machine gun? Handhelds? Like what is each type of gun? Um, we're going to start with Wibbit guy. Do you know anything about like all the different types of guns or anything? Um, wait, so the, this, this topic, uh, this little subtopic is, you said assault weapons and types of guns. Is that what we're talking about right now? Basically, like what would you consider it as a assault weapon? What is a machine gun? What is a handheld? Like, um, and it's okay if you cannot answer it, because honestly, I, my interpretation of a machine gun, and that's probably the only one I could answer, is that it is a gun that for every, if you press and hold the trigger, bullets come out. Like you constantly hold it, bullets come out. That's my um, understanding of it. But okay. what is yours? Uh, well, if, I'm gonna try to nip this at its at the this the term we're using, uh, uh, assault weapon. When I think of assault weapon. I'm trying to break it down. I, I, I kind of do this a little bit when I think of English words. Um, I, I, when I studied some of English words also in the Philippines. Well, when I think of assault weapon, this phrase, uh, I, I, I think of it, I, I uh, see assault, the, the word assault first. Like, I mean, to assault, uh, from my understanding, means to be an aggressor. It means to the intent of assaulting uh, means that you are striking, you are attacking, uh, usually with the with the intent of being an aggressor and and being the one the first one to do some kind of harm or damage. Now combined with the weapon, you are using the weapon uh, in an aggressive manner 
and uh, for an for assault weapon. You're using a weapon in, a, in an aggressive manner. And that's where I start to think, honestly, that could be, it could be a machine gun. It could be even a pistol. It could be a rocket launcher. It could even be, it could even be a, not, 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 not a gun. Um, I kind of want to segue a little bit. And um, I kind of, I might pencil. have. A pen, yeah, a pencil. Hey, I, I like to draw. I'm an, I'm an artist. A pencil is a tool. A gun is a tool. We, tool, weapons, tools. Uh, I, a, a, wep, a pencil could be a weapon if I were, if the hand were to use it that way. Um, but I also wanted to say, um, uh, years, many years ago, back when I was still in, I went to community college, there was this guy I was walking down with and he, um, long story short, he kind of pulled a switchblade on me, but he was doing it. Uh, he was doing it just to show off and act tough. And his girlfriend was there with him and kind of kept him uh, in check. But um, what, the way I see that, uh, to me, if if he was going to pull out a switchblade on me, and that's a that's a that's just a small knife, not even a gun, uh, that could be I would consider like that if he was going to use that uh, really in malicious attempt to harm me, I would consider that an assault weapon, because because weapon can be a knife, uh, a sword, a gun, a pencil, as John says. Well, I could use that as pencil. So um, that's how I see. That's what I see when I when I try to break down the terms assault weapon. I'm trying to get, and I'm trying to use my as, as much English skills as I can to get to to understand it. So that's how I that's how I was able to come up with. It. Okay, thank you. Yeah, just talking off podcast with John. He's brought that uh, topic up a couple of times. Where assault weapon, even your hands can technically be labeled as an assault weapon. Yeah, if you're going if you're going by the rule of law, um, anything that you know hurts a, a person or pushes, like if you get pushed, if I take the butt of a baseball bat and I push you, that's technically assault. And so, and it's a bat, so it would be an assault weapon because you're using it. You know, you're you're not using the bat for its intended purpose which is assaulting a baseball. Okay. Uh, Seamus, I'm excited to hear your (laughs) opinions on this. Uh, Like, coming from the military standpoint, even, like, the military-grade weapons, what are those considered as? What is an assault weapon? What's a machine gun? Uh, What are your thoughts on it, like, each different type of gun? (laughs) All right. So I'm going to agree with what you guys were saying earlier. So an assault weapon, yes. Anything can be labeled as an assault weapon. If I can somehow solidify air and then use it as a bowling ball to hurt someone, boom, I have created an assault weapon. Um, If you have that ability, your talents are being wasted. Um, But yeah, you can use anything to assault anyone that is an assault weapon. Um, Obviously, you can use a weapon with ammunition, or just use a weapon as a bat, as an assault weapon. Um, Now, when it comes to classifying a weapon, uh, you were mentioning, Ben, you were mentioning earlier, um, I forget your exact terminology, but you were saying, you pull a trigger, and it keeps on going. Um, What what, what did you classify that again? What did you say it was? Uh, my understanding that's a machine gun where if you press and as long as you're holding the trigger, bullets will continue, continuously 
come out. Is that a correct understanding or is that incorrect? So in, in layman's terms, yes. Um, I'm not, uh, as one would say, I'm not like a gun nut. I don't know the exact terminology of everything. I can't like tell you exactly how every single weapon in the whole wide world operates. It's um, basically more... fully automatic, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So pretty much as you pull the trigger, um, the bolt will then the trigger housing group will release the bolt, causing it to go forward, impacting the round, causing the round to causing the bolt to go forward, causing the bolt to go back, resetting the trigger housing group, um, and allowing the bolt to go forward, re pushing another round into the chamber, impacting the round, causing the cycle to happen again. I guarantee you there's gonna be some gun nut in the comments. Tell me how it's gonna. Oh, this is how it really is. You know what? You can explain all you want. Like I said, I'm more. I'm honestly, I'm more like a vehicle person. So you want to talk about guns all night, all night long? You go right ahead. I'll, I will actually learn a thing or two. No, but uh, I think it's important to keep it as simple as right. possible. As as most of, most wrong. of the folks listening probably have never shot or know much about guns so i think it, it having just a basic understanding of the mechanic is right. actually way better than than trying to go full gun nut and that's what i'm doing right now um i have i would say probably more knowledge than your average person due to my military experience um but like i said i'm not an expert um there's so that's a fully automatic weapon Okay, so, so a fully, sorry to interrupt, but I want to make sure I understand this. A fully automatic, as long as you're holding the trigger, bullets come out. Yes. Okay, now uh, you're going into semi-automatic. I'm going to yeah. let you... So explain. a semi, and honestly, a semi-automatic weapon is what you're most commonly going to find. So like, for example, um, your standard pistol. That is... A semi-automatic weapon, not a revolver, no, a, a standard, yeah, not not like, a cowboy gun. Like if you see what police use on a on a day to day basis, that their pistol that they use is a semi-automatic automatic weapon. You pull the trigger, the the hammer goes forward, impacts the impacts the round, causing the bolt to fly out. You then have to release the trigger to reset the trigger housing group, and then you have to pull the trigger again. Each pull of trigger is one round. And a lot of times when we train the military, our weapons, some wep some of our weapons do have the option to go full auto fully automatic, but we have them on semi because for one, when you have it on fully automatic, you, you lose more control of the weapon and you want more accuracy when it comes to fighting. You want, you want to use as, le as little energy as possible. You want to conserve as much as you can when you're fighting. Any person who does like I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on, on the side. Um, you want to be able to control your exertion. You want to be able to conserve as much energy as possible while doing as much as you can at the same time. So every, pretty much all you're seeing um, when it comes to guns, nine times out of 10, or man, maybe eight times if, if you're looking at revolver stuff. Revolvers are different, uh, but eight times out of 10, you're most likely looking at a, at a semi-automatic weapon. Um, revolvers, they're a bit different. I'm not too knowledgeable when it comes to revolvers. I've shot a few in my life. Um, I, I, I think it's I think it's safe to say for the most part that revolvers or um, 
like double barrel shotguns and Civil War era weapons are generally not the ones that people are super concerned with as far no. as as far no. as as far as banning basically um hammer what is it uh, hammer hammer pull i think is what the revolvers are called that's where you have a big hammer in the back that smacks the back of the bullet and makes it go right. pew so every weapon has that hammer it's just whether or not how big it is inside the weapon or if um, you see it right um so yeah, when it comes to like revolvers and shotguns, I'm a little bit knowledgeable. Uh, maybe shotguns a little bit more than revolvers, but I, like I'm more knowledgeable when it comes to semi-automatic semi and automatic. Okay. Um, Real quick, yeah, that's, uh, that's... clarification question for not only myself, but in case if anybody in the listeners might not understand what you 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 use the term round. Is a round basically just one bullet, or is it multiple? Or yes, okay. It is so one, it is it is a single bullet. Okay. If you want to call it okay. The bullet is inside the shell casing. I, I I can get further into that, but yes, it it is one bullet for for simplicity's sake. Okay, thank you. It's I'm guessing it's probably more complicated than that because I know I've seen like diagrams where there's like the shell, there's the bullet, there's the round. But in general, one round, one bullet, one shell, they all are essentially the same thing? Correct. And, 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 and there, it's important to know, too, though, that there is different sizes. So depending on the, the bullet size, it will depend on what type of, I guess, damage you're, you're doing. But for what Ben is asking, yes, whenever... Whenever I was referring to a round, yes, that is one bullet. Yeah, exactly. I I personally don't know of any any round that has multiple bullets, for the exception of shotgun. Shotgun, um, like when you go bird hunting, uh, you have pellets inside of the shotgun round, up to up to like on average nine pellets. So that's yeah. the only yeah, bird, one. Bird shot and buckshot. Right. But it's but it's for they're for different hunting hunting purposes, and the um, the spread uh, is different. But again, um, and yeah, it's kind of a tangent. But it's okay. it's still right. it's good to know, like it could, to kind of have an understanding that guns do work differently. And um, I, I I keep I'm sorry to keep interrupting. And then <laughs> Connor too, there is a military thing which I, probably important to know, and I don't think. All service members have access to it, but the military also, not civilians, but military are the only people that have, generally speaking, there are a few that you can get uh, fully automatic, but you can also get um, um, what's it's called a, um, oh man, I totally just um, pooped it, but it's basically like two or three bullets, like it's like a burst, basically, a short burst. And then um, a single shot, which makes the gun a semi-automatic. So some military service members, like Army, in the Army, it would be your infantry guy would guys would probably have access um, to all three selections on a specific type of rifle. Okay, so there's guns. To my understanding so far, we've discussed technically four different type of guns. One where when the bullet like leaves the gun, it scatters, so it's not like just one 
single entry point. It's multiple. There's the gun. That would that, be a shotgun. Yep. Then there's the one trigger, one bullet, one trigger, yeah. maybe two or yeah. three or four bullets. Then the fully automatic guns, you press, hold, guns continuously shoot out until you release the trigger. Is that um, correct? The, the, it, I, I, I think burst fire might be considered automatic. I, anything, I, anything, that, fire. anything that fires more um, as you hold the trigger, anything that fires more than one round, um, I, I forget the exact term, but it's pretty much illegal. Um, Federally, in in the in the United States, you have to get a, a stamp a stamp tax, but that's that that can be a conversation for later. But it's right. it's not it's not for general civilian use. So basically, then you have a you have a manual, which would be a revolver, and you have a semi-automatic, which is going to be civilian used pistols and rifles, and then you have automatic, which is basically military only. Okay, thank you. Now, real quick, I do want to hit uh, Millie on her opinions and whatnot. And, uh, but I want to know what, we covered it a little bit already, military-grade weapons versus civilian-grade. What classifies as military and what classifies as civilian? How, try and break it down to simplest terms as possible. Because, uh, like I said, I know very little. And if Millie wants to speak up on this one, go for it. Like, what's the difference, uh, if anybody can explain it? So, civilian would be a manual, which is, you know, a single shot at a time. Okay, okay. and would that so, also include... And, and semi-automatic. Would that... Technically, semi-automatic is a... Uh, military grade if you look it up no it's a single pull of the trigger a manual is like a revolver or a double barrel shotgun where you have to pull back the hammer a semi-automatic is any standard standardized like like connor was saying any standardized pistol or uh any type of hunting rifle for example uh, in uh uh ar-15 Okay, well there you go. I was wrong. Um, yeah, even I have um, no idea then. Right, and then and then automatic is military only, and a very very small population who has a a lot of time and a lot of money can buy a a, a stamp tax, and they are will be they're allowed to own certain fully automatic weapons, which is is you know. Like like Millie pointed out in, in in the chat for us as well. So, um, wait, John, you said um, you mentioned AR fifteen. That's semi-automatic. Yes, automatic. that that is one shot per per trigger pull. Any any if you go to a Walmart or a big five sporting goods, or you go to your local um, sporting goods store that sells weaponry, any rifle that you see that they're selling. I can almost guarantee you that rifle is going to have two settings. It's going to have a safe, which means you can pull the trigger and absolutely nothing will happen. And it's going to have a semi, which semi stands for semi-automatic. So in that case, you pull the trigger once, round goes through. That is it. 
so I and I think the thing that people get confused about is the the automatic part and semi-automatic. When you're talking about automatic, you're talking about the mechanisms that Connor was explaining of firing and the gun doing everything for you versus a six-shooter, a revolver, where you you see in the old cowboy movies, right, where you, you'd shoot and then they'd have to pull back the lever to shoot again. And does that um, make sense? That does yeah. make sense. Yeah. And then... um. And manual, you mentioned examples of a manual are uh, the revolver. And um, what about, um, uh, does that also include bolt action? Yes, that, that would also include bolt action. Because so you, are all... man, you are manually ejecting a round, and then you are manually reloading another round into the chamber. Got it. Thanks. Yeah, basically, like, anything that might have a cartridge, I think what the M1s were one of the first weapons that we used that had five bullets in war. Uh, so that would that would technically be considered a semi-automatic rifle because the automations on the inside are doing the work for you, versus you um, pulling back the lever on a revolver or in the case of of uh, what you had just uh, asked, Wibbit guy. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Going into this conversation. The term fully automatic and semi-automatic confused me because I always thought automatic meant like you hold the trigger down, bullets come out. And I always thought semi-automatic, you press the trigger and two or three bullets come out. But I'm really glad that was clarified because I if it would not surprise me if I'm confused on it. Somebody else that's listening might also be confused on that topic. So, so the one where you... Where you where you hold the trigger and maybe two or three bullets go out was that what they call burst fire and did you say it's also automatic yeah. yes if you if you hold the trigger and only two or three come out that is a burst um fire weapon if you keep all... if you hold the trigger and more than two or three come out and like you're having a hard time control the weapon that is a fully automatic weapon and did we say burst fire counts as automatic that is yes. correct okay Basic, okay. Basically, if it's not um, one pull, one bullet, it's automatic. So one pull, one bullet. Um, that's going to be semi-automatic. And that the semi-automatic part, again, is we're just talking about the mechanisms of you shooting, you're pulling the trigger, and when you release the trigger the machinations in the gun push the bullet up, kick the um, shell out of the chamber, load the neck, basically everything that, that, that Connor explained. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just like, just like a bolt action. Think of it like this way. It was a, if you were doing it as a bolt action, because you've seen those, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, just get rid of the bolts and it becomes automatic, right? Because now you're not doing it. There's no manual to it. There's nothing to it. The only thing you have to do is put more bullets in it. Okay. Yeah, nothing to do in between a shot, right? Because oh, the gun is doing it. The, the mechanization is doing it for you. That's why it's automatic. Yeah. Nothing, but nothing it, the person has to do. Nothing the person himself has to really do between shots. The gun ex except pull the trigger. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense.
real quick. Do you have uh, any last things uh, you want to say, Millie? Because I know you need to head on out here real quick. It's uh, anything about this topic, any of the previous topics. If you want to plug anything, I'm just going to let you go ham. Thank you for being here, Millie. Thanks for having me guys um sorry i have to bug out uh no but no i mean we've hit some really good stuff so far and i know you guys are going to continue on and i'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys have left because i mean y'all have definitely put me in my place as far as like i did not know as much about guns as i thought i did of course and yeah thank you for being here and once again for all the viewers double check fact check us something could have been said that isn't correct please fact check us but we're just trying to have this conversation uh real quick where can uh, everybody uh find you millie and is there anything like your books that you want to plug in so book three uh is hopefully be out by halloween so if nobody has caught the first two you can find them on amazon under candy tivion it's the uh, Soul Collection series. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. I'll be starting streaming back up tomorrow. So, yay! And you can also find me on Twitter under Moo uh, Miliana. And I hope everybody has a great night. And I'm so sorry again to bug out. No nice problem. Of course. Uh, thank you for stopping by. And real quick, I want to specify... The O's in Moo are actually zeros. So it's Miliana, as you see on the screen, uh, if you're watching the video format. And then M00, is that correct? Yes, I always, always forget to put that, sorry. No problem, I got you covered, Millie, I got you covered. All right, and thank you, Millie, and uh, we're going to continue the conversation. The next question here what do all of you think when they're saying that they're wanting to ban assault weapons what do you think they're trying to imply like what kind of guns are they aiming for are they aiming for all guns are they aiming for like fully automatic semi-automatic what do you all think and we're gonna start with Seamus on this one what do you think the mainstream media politicians are trying to ban when they say assault weapons i am so glad you chose me to start this off all right <clears throat> so it depends on who is saying that they want to ban assault weapons because as we discussed earlier on this conversation um some people may have different definitions of what an assault weapon is if you have someone um in government or in power who says an assault weapon is uh exactly um an ar-15 doesn't matter what it is it's just blanket ar-15 well okay well that's real just... quick explain what an ar-15 is for people like me who don't know what it is <laughs> so ar-15 for for someone who isn't knowledgeable of weapons um, you may have heard this on the news. Um, you may think of like, an, like a, a weapon that is used by soldiers overseas and wars. Um, that is a type of weapon. So AR, I don't remember the exact name. I want to say it's like Armalite 15, I want to say. 
Yeah, Armalite 15. Exactly. And that's, so a, com it, that's a company, by exactly. the way. That's the company's name. That's not the name of the gun. It is a brand name. It's like saying Kleenex is saying, instead of saying face tissue. That's all it is. Um, so, it, yeah, it goes back to who is saying the definition of assault weapon and what is their definition? Because I get not everyone's going to have the same definition of what an assault weapon is. Um, you may have people who, like, they just want all weapons to be gone and they label every single weapon to be an assault weapon. Um, so you look at the United States, you see guns being labeled as assault weapons, just guns in general. Let's just stick with that. You go over to the UK, they label knives as assault weapons. They have knife bans in the UK. So you could technically classify those as assault weapons. Um, I'm sorry, what, what was the, uh, the, the full context of your, uh, <laughs> of your question again? No problem. Uh, what do you think they mean when they say they want to ban assault weapons? So uh, I'll just kind of wrap it up with this. Um, Pete, I, I'm of the opinion that it's a snowball effect. Like you get rid of one thing, it just can slowly lead to another, lead to another, lead to another. Um, and I'm, if you ask me, I think if we agree to get rid of this one specific weapon because it has in the past been used for X, Y, and Z for whatever reason that you can think of. Um, what's to stop those same individuals from banning further quote unquote assault weapons? Um, what's to stop that definition from changing? I don't see that. I don't, I don't see that ever change. I don't see that ever not changing. Um, so yeah, I'll just kind of go with it from there. So I can go on for for long, long time. So basically, what you're saying is uh, their definition of a assault weapon or assault rifle, uh, they change it to match what they want their definition to be. Is that? It is a case by case, individual based uh, answer. If you ask me. Okay. And that and that can change at, at any moment's notice if you ask me. Okay, thank you. Wibbit, you actually uh brought this up earlier on what you think they uh you think an assault weapon is. Yeah. What do you think that the mainstream media means when they say we want to ban assault weapons? And I'm talking about like mainstream news uh politicians activists that want to ban guns they say we want to ban assault weapons what do you think they mean when they're trying to ban those well um well first since earlier i i did uh talk about how i defined assault weapons uh by their kind of more technical term for the assault or assault being uh an act of aggression and uh it's starting starting the uh starting a, a violent act um which which by I, the way makes you smarter than like 90 percent of americans yeah thanks john so now when i think about uh the mainstream media uh, trying to ban assault weapons um i'm i'm thinking now that the media is trying to potentially i may be wrong potentially manipulate the the definition of the attacker or the aggressor because assault is in this is in this phrase 
uh, assault it carries the implication of an attacker or aggressor, someone who is the first one to to commit violent or violent or threatening acts. So I feel like the media may be, you know, uh, sensationalizing and uh, making all kinds of uh, like steering the pot about about the whole term assault weapons and maybe trying to uh, muddle people's uh, views and definitions about who is really uh, who is really committing an act of aggression, attack, or in other words, assault. So basically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what you're essentially saying is they're trying to use quote-unquote scary words to push their agenda. Is that what you're getting at? That's kind of what I feel about the media, and they have the potential to do that because of the power that they hold in in how they speak, how they write, how they present information. Uh, I've... I've uh... I've seen, and I'm speaking as somebody who, who um, who engages in art and creative expression, and and tries to look at topics like censorship, uh, throughout the, in, in throughout society. Um, the media, from what I can tell, is the most powerful entity to be able to have control of information and how they present it. So, uh, I I feel that they may, or may not. Some may not, but some also may be trying to yes manipulate and skew the definition and basically implications of assault weapon to their potential agenda that they might have if they do have an agenda that is okay thank you uh did you have anything else you want to uh say on this particular question um so basically it's just about mainstream media and assault weapons right i think i that's mostly what I, what I said. Mostly what I feel. Um, and I and I mean, I it could it could change. I might add or add something to it later on. But as far as I can tell, just kind of how I feel about it at the moment. Okay, thank you. All right, John, do you want to go or do you want to hear my opinion first? Because I know uh, you messaged asking if I had uh, stated my opinion yet or not. Well, my good friend, this is your show, so actually you are you're kind of like the uh, the God King, lowercase g and lowercase k, right? So you can choose however you would like to do this. Okay. Um, my personal opinion, especially after hearing in the, like this whole conversation so far, I think uh, the in my personal opinion, and I gotta make that sure I say that, otherwise legality issues... People who say they want to ban assault weapons say that without actually having a definition behind it. They're just saying it because they want to get people to react, to get people to support them, and so on and so forth. They can't say something like... Exactly. Sensationalize. They can't say something like, oh, a pistol is a weapon of mass destruction because that's too obvious. But they could say something like a pistol is a assault weapon that should be banned. So for the person who doesn't know the terminology would be like, oh, that sounds scary. I want it gone. And uh, some people might say all oh, guns are scary and I can understand that. Um, but I can. that's my personal take on why I believe the mainstream media 
uses the term assault weapon. They don't actually have a definition behind it. And once again, when I say mainstream media, I also mean politicians, activists, people who are against guns in general. Um, I'm going to let John take it away here and see where see he lands on it. I have a general idea, but I'm excited to hear it. So when the first off you guys actually hit on a lot of really really good points um and there's there's just there, this is like a big ass chicken excuse my language that there's just so much meat to chew on that i'm i, I just want to eat the whole thing in like one sitting and the subject too is very very big so uh first off with the media and the over sensationalizing of guns um actually i i believe when the media and politicians when when they refer to semi-automatic or weapons of war or whatever the the word salad of the day is they mean everything that is not a old school bolt action rifle double barrel shotgun or six shooter because when they say we want to ban assault guns they lump just about every single semi-automatic rifle and pistol so that's your stand that's the standard issue that the police officers use um it's a, that's a, the standard guns that i have in my house handguns right um they they mean every I have seen articles from folks that have gone and shot in an AR-15 style rifle and I've had quote-unquote PTSD firing that gun because A, it's really scary and B, because it gives the, the holder power. Like uh, Connor was saying, guns are a great equalizer. Uh, listen, if people were, if 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 people wanted women walking alone at night from work to their car to be safe, every man, every family member, every person would want that woman to have a gun, because a man is going to overpower a woman just with their bare hands. But you give that woman a gun. That dude is gonna think twice, um, or they're gonna run. And if they attack, a woman that knows how to use her gun is gonna unload a clip in that dude. So they're gonna have to choose between their life. I, and... I'm sorry. You, you mean you mean unload a magazine? Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's the, and see, these are all these are all very, very important things. Sorry, it's it's still a hundred degrees in my house. I'm. I might forget a few words right now, but thank you. Yeah, unload a, unload a, an entire magazine into somebody, which depending on the state could be uh, seven bullets, and it could be more, right? Um, but again, that that's going to keep people safe. So, no, the media want the average American people to be um helpless they want them dependent upon the government the government wants people dependent upon the government 
and guns are what keeps people from being dependent upon the government or from the government infringing on the these people's rights so um and and these people the folks in the mainstream media and it it i'm i'm assuming that you're focusing on like cnn msnbc um cbs not necessarily the fox news is but i'm going to lump fox news in cuz they uh, their website and their on air talent are actually two different areas um and i forget newspapers newspapers too well you know what most newspapers are owned only by like three or four different companies um usa today runs most local newspapers local newspapers don't even aren't even owned by local people so well, in, the new york times washington post they they're also a little beyond newspapers now they're a little bit in the into the modern yeah, but 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 again, they're only focusing. See, the, again, these the New York Times and stuff like that. Their 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 sole focus is on the people that agree with them. Their arguments don't hold up when they take it to a fifty-fifty kind of group. If if the Washington Post was to go up to Connor and say, "Don't you agree that?" these types of guns are bad well obviously they're not going to print what he says because he's gonna tell them all to uh eat a bag of juju beans or whatever you know you know what i'm saying like well, i mean for one that's also a journalist going up to me and i have my own opinions on journalists but that's for another discussion for another day right because journalism is not what it used to be so again it, everything that's reported in the mainstream media is coming from um basically a specific point of view and what it seems to me is that they're all pushing one type of narrative and then you have independent media which again i'm sorry we're getting off on a tangent um well, that's fine i like this i like this. It's um, more relevant to me right but but then you have you know um a different you know you have independent media that that are at least giving fair um coverage to the discussion both uh, both sides of 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 the argument like again um i know we're not supposed to bring up statistics but there are far more handgun de deaths by handguns than by quote-unquote assault rifles in the united states a handgun is far more likely to be um the tool used to kill people than a semi-automatic rifle would that be because it's easier to obtain no because it doesn't matter you do the same background check for a, a handgun as you would a rifle a handgun is just easier to conceal okay uh especially illegally <laughs> so that that because try i mean look if you go into a mall and you're wearing a trench coat that kind of looks suspicious, right? Unless it's mm -hmm. raining. But if you go in the summertime and you're going to do some bad stuff, people are going to see you and go, well, that looks kind of weird. Um, so it, a handgun is easier to conceal. That's why handguns are... In fact, I think cars are... I think cars kill more people than guns. Altogether. 
are, are we banning cars? Yeah, I mentioned, hey, like I said, uh, you know, anything can be a weapon. Even a pencil uh, yeah. uses a disgruntled artist uh, that, yeah. that didn't get the, get, get the dream of being an artist and ends up trying to do what Hitler did because he also didn't get to do what he did with his artist. Okay, exactly. Just, just, no, no, no. You're you're no. That's no, no, no. That's, yeah, no, I love that. So yeah. So when when the mainstream media wants to ban all, basically, if the mainstream media had it their way, they would disarm everybody. They would make it so that it would be like Australia or in Europe, where nobody has guns, because if we if we learned anything from COVID nineteen, the Australian government was able to bend every single individual over and say, uh, you got to take it. And this is what we're giving you. I want to say the Australian government in, I want to say the mid to late nineties, um, did a national gun buyback program. And purchased, they did. They I, did. I, I want to say almost, almost a hundred percent of the weapons in Australia are owned by the government. I thought it was after, I thought it was after the Christchurch. They did another one. I, I, believe, it off. I believe that was New Zealand. Oh, that might have been New Zealand. You're right, yeah. Yeah. So, so is Mad Max going to become a reality then? In Australia? I mean, yeah. so I think, in, I think in, in the desert areas, like certain people are still, and this is like the UK, like farmers, certain farmers or hunters are allowed to have very, like the government gets to choose what type of gun uh, you can have. Yes, if, if it's for a hunting sport, it's like the government has a list of like five weapons. Right, you yeah. Pick from. Uh, they have everything serialized. They give it to you personally. They can take um, it at any time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it takes like um, probably a year, if not, if not more. It takes a very long time. In, in New York, for example, um, I mean, crime is up and... and People can't even protect themselves. People can't have a gun. They cannot own. They cannot own a gun. The state of New York makes it so difficult to own a gun that people can't even protect themselves. There was a pastor. I mean, again, it's probably stupid of him, and I don't know the church, but he had like a million dollars of jewelry on him, mm -hmm. and a bunch of robbers walked into service, robbed him at gunpoint, and left. So I'm just I'm I'm gonna pipe in here for a minute. Um, you mentioned cities and guns. So obviously, a lot of major cities in the United States, Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. Chicago has this. Illinois has the strictest gun laws in the country. Now, with that being said, in those three cities that I mentioned, do they legally allow guns in those cities? No. What do you find being used in those cities? most time for crime guns so here just by that logic oh you're not and handgun and handguns at that too exactly oh okay you're not allowed to have guns that means all guns are going to be going away according according to the thought process well mm -hmm. obviously that's not working that because that tells the criminals people or people who want to commit crimes in those cities or in that in those areas oh there's People here aren't going to have guns. They're not going to have any weapons to defend themselves. Okay, maybe it might have a knife. Okay, don't get too close to the person. Okay, I, I guess what? I illegally have, I have illegally obtained this gun. 
I want to go into that convenience store and take whatever thousand dollars they have in their cash register. Um, who's going to stop me? The local no police, the local police that may or may not take 10 to 15 minutes to respond. So if you ask me, everyone should be able to have weapons on them to defend themselves. And yep. it's not a perfect system. If, if everyone has guns, a, an armed society is a polite society. If you know Exactly. Person, I was just going to say that. <laughs> if you know the person that you are having an altercation with, may or may not be hacking heat, if you want to call it that, have a gun on their side or have a gun on them, you might be a little more polite to them and they might be more a little more polite to you. It it definitely it definitely changes the dynamic. But look at these people too. Like look at the 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 bodega owner in New York that stabbed a guy in self defense, and they tried to charge him. And then he fled once the charges were dropped. He fled back to the Dominican Republic, like a worse place to be. Can you blame the guy? No, not at all. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like it was. I mean, it was that bad for him that he was like, "I would rather go to a worse place than here." So, which I, I, I'm gonna assume this is. This was in New York. There was a a bodega owner who was getting robbed. He stabbed the guy, and the the local DA uh, charged him. And they just, basically the moment that they dropped charges because it made him look bad, um, he left. He well, fled the country. I want to say the guy was originally from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, Missouri. no, he he was. He, he immigrated here legally. Right. Started his own business, and, and then, yeah, and, and then they... they yeah, wonder. So, I wonder if he thought maybe uh, what did you say was the DA that that's doing all those charges? Uh, the local DA. Like the local yeah. DA. Okay, like maybe he was thinking that all oh, this there might be some corruption going on with these people in the law, uh, and uh, maybe that's maybe I don't know. If, I don't know how it was though, how it would be though in the in back in his country in Dominican Republic. No, I, I I can just tell you that it was a Soros backed DA, and oh. that's that's going to be like a whole nother. That could be a whole. That could be a whole. Can whole another podcast. Yeah, but 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 it's also but it but it is also corruption in in the government. But I I think um so yeah so so with with everything in the media and then and it, Connor, Connor you're bringing up the like New York, Chicago, and then areas of California, essentially those um, states with the toughest gun laws are essentially gun-free zones, which I believe Vin Tornado has some burning questions about gun-free <laughs> zones that he would like to talk about. Is is that correct, Vin Tornado? And what are your thoughts on gun-free zones after you've heard kind of this very big conversation that we've been diving into versus versus from when you started? How about that? Um, real quick, I was just letting you all go ham on it because you were answering the questions I had about it left and right. So I'm like, you know what? This is a good conversation. I'm just going to let them go ham on it and just absorb the information. But with that being and, and, and by the way, real quick, before I forget, um, the, the people buying a guns, buying guns and bringing them into Chicago, there's a very good chance they are buying the guns legally outside of the state. But then they're breaking the law 
by bringing them into the state. If that makes sense. Yeah. Always difference between states. That's a big thing. Well, I mean, again, well, you, you can't I'm you can't share, stop somebody from doing that. I'm going to share this story that I heard from uh, the podcaster host Tim Pool. There was. Oh, this... I love him. I love him. <laughs> there <laughs> was. This... Okay, guys, take take five. Vin's going to be here for about twenty. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, one incident where this lady she had a gun uh, legally. She did everything right. It was in her car, and she was going to, I think, Las Vegas. I could be mistaken. No, no, th this was the lady that crossed in from Pennsylvania to um, New, New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay, yep. Thank you, John. I see I'm not the only one that of the co-host that listens to Tim Pool. Wink, wink, I'll nudge, go chill back home. <laughs> but anyways, um, she wasn't even like doing anything illegal with it. She got pulled over by a cop for some mundane reason like uh, speeding or expired license or something like that. Completely not related to the gun. She, was... she had an she had a tail light out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she was doing the responsible thing and told the officer, Officer, I do have a gun in the car. It's I have all the paperwork for it and whatnot. And the officer was like, okay, you're under arrest. Instead of like Tim Poole's argument is the officer could have just sent her back on her way. Guns are not allowed here. But it's just... Right, and she was actually right. This, this happened right before the bridge between the state lines. So all she had to do was go over the bridge. She would have been home. But she... But... So I, I get what you're saying. But that's on her as a responsible gun owner to understand the laws of different states. Because you do have to respect that, even if you don't like it. That's understandable. And it's wait, wait, just... I'm trying, I'm trying to make... Uh, I'm not sure clearly. Uh, you said cross the state and then what? Something about the... Like she the basically just crossed the state. She got pulled over for a taillight that was out. She was being responsible and told the officer, Hey, I have a gun in the car. I just oh. want you to know... And the officer was like, don't care, you're under arrest. So on one hand, that's bad on the officer. He should have just said, guns aren't allowed here. You got to go back home and escort her back across state lines. But on the other hand, the federal government, I firmly believe that the Second Amendment should not be overridden by states. I know in past podcasts I say, States should have authority over the federal, but I feel like the amendments are an exception to that. So I don't think gun-free zones are should be allowed. I just don't. The one exception maybe is schools, but even then I believe that the security guards should have guns to be able to protect themselves. I know I, uh, I remember hearing somewhere, I just heard it today, but one of the states or counties in the state i don't remember where I, pennsylvania north carolina north carolina thank you ju is going to allow their security guards in their schools to have guns which i actually, agree with I, I actually I know what it yeah so what it is is that each school within this district will have a, a semi-automatic assault rifle um, a couple of clips some um 
like flashbangs and it, it basically if a let's say a, a motorcycle officer is the quickest to respond to a school shooting they're not carrying around um a shotgun and and a semi-automatic rifle although that would be really badass if they did but so they can go to they can get into the school they can go to the office they can access these school safes and this is being put in by the 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 sheriff department or the police department for that area of North Carolina. So basically it's just giving the police officers who respond to the call a um more tools if they don't if the police officers do not have them immediately or if they don't have them in the car. And they should also be pretty vigilant and having to access to those resources uh if those resources are going to be present in the school because they could they could also be exploited by someone who knows someone with malicious attempting comes into that school. Well, the only people that are going to know those codes are the police officers. Yeah. So that's how they'll try to keep vigilant on that. But even then, no system is perfect. There's always going to be tragedies, and that's, in general, that's my philosophy. There's always going to be tragedies. This is going to sound really harsh, but people die. You could just be walking down the street on the sidewalk perfectly safe and a drunk driver hits you. There's always going to be accidents. And personally, I think gun-free zones make it more accessible for criminals and bad people to commit things like mass shootings. Because there's been a couple incidents this year alone where there was a mass shooter, but a good guy with a gun stopped him. Um, I don't remember the most recent one. Indiana. Indiana. It was like the mall shooter and the guy shot like 40 feet away and managed to nail the active shooter, the mass shooter. He shot shot 10 shots, hit him eight times. And uh, it was just like a week or so after Indiana became constitutional carry. Exactly. So basically... I don't think, at one point, I would have said gun-free zones worked, but that was back in like 2015, 2016, 2017. We've been trying gun-free zones in different areas in the country, and it's obviously not working. It's already been stated that like Chicago, New York, uh, California have some of the strictest gun laws where they're essentially gun-free zones, but they also have the highest amount of gun crime. Yeah, and I was also going to say, I can mention before, I live in California. Um, I'm not too familiar, though, how how, how it stacks fun in its uh, place with gun control. But um, I did also mention that a lot of my peers uh, I know, they are, able to, they are able to keep access to their guns, but I'm not sure to what extent they have, uh, there's control under that here. Um, so, again, yeah. So, because so, so I, I do have a few friends... Um, some that serve in the military mm-hmm. and some that live in Northern California. Um, and California now has it. So obviously guns past a certain point have been grandfathered in. They can't take, they can't get rid of those. Mm-hmm. But now the state is allowing only certain types of guns. So the state changes the list every year as to what types of guns can be sold. And on top of that, um, you also have to do a background check for ammo. 
that California. I did not know. California also California also controls how many rounds you can have in a magazine, mm-hmm. what types of scopes you are allowed to use. Mind you, the we're you know California, even though that has, with it you understand this. California mm-hmm. has very big, dense city areas, right? Yeah. And then most of the state is farmland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Farmers need good scopes. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to have good scopes in California. It's illegal. Uh, you can't have things like pistol grips. Um, basically anything that might help you because they think it will help a shooter. But yeah, so it's a, and it, so when you buy ammo, you have to do another background, a federal background check, and then you have to wait seven to ten days. And then on top of that, you're limited to the amount of ammo you are allowed to buy. Okay. Yeah. And I mentioned I have I, I have some friends who, who do have access to guns here. And I, I, I should probably uh, talk to them a little bit more about what they have to go through to be able to, uh, you know, be able to keep possession and maintain. Hell. Hell. Yeah. They have to go through hell. So um, now I, we're kind of getting into a, I don't know if this is a topic that's also been planned. Uh, we're talking about now about like gun control laws and policies and the systems. Um, I kind of did have, I kind of did have something to say about that. And um, I might go on a slight tangent because this is also has to do something I've seen in video games, but it does thing too. So I, I, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of Metal Gear, right? And the story, you know, going Metal Gear has all kinds of crazy things going. But um, I'm trying to condense this to be as simple as possible. One of the recent games I played, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, has this thing in its story where there is a system of, of um, control over the guns that characters in the game use. And uh, in, in, that, in that universe, the, the system takes like your fingerprint that tell, tells you who can own the gun? Who can even fire the trigger? If your if your DNA does not match a code, let's think you're not gonna be able to use that gun. And I'm seeing that in a video game, and I'm feeling like it's relevant. I'm just feeling it's relevant to um, what we're talking about here as well. I just wanted to put that in. But it's but long story short, uh, Metal Gear was dealing with a certain theme about how a system, computer operated system of of nanotechnology is controlling the way guns are used and operated among individuals and limited among individuals. Just, just want to throw it out there. Um, unless Connor has something to say, like, which he might. Um. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much else to add. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that... Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm just saying I see that in a, in a so, video so, game, a work of right, fiction, so, and I wonder if it's something maybe like you know, they, maybe they, might be they do have something? that. They do no. Mm-hmm. They do have that currently. So okay. I would say, mm-hmm. and, and even and uh, even if this is slightly off topic, I would say that that would be an infringement on my Second Amendment right, mm-hmm. because um, the government doesn't need to know what guns I own. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the government shouldn't tell me who I can or cannot sell a gun to. Mm-hmm. And that's one way of tracking guns, which means the government knows what I have. I want the government to have 
as little information about me as possible. And that's including if I have a whole bunch or a very little amount of guns. Yeah. And yeah, I was just saying, because that, that's just presenting us, that fictional world presents a scenario of kind of exaggerated and extreme, but um, I don't know, I just felt it relevant to talk about as well. It was, thank you. And that actually so, opens up a segue, I'm, but I'm going to let wait, wait, Connor wait, go. Wait, wait, hold on, then. I know, I was, I was letting Connor go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, John, you mentioned that you don't want the government um, at all to know any kind of weapons you have. I'm going to slightly disagree when, it, when you come to that statement. Um, I, I, I agree with the fact that anyone should have any weapon they want. Um, but I'm more of a fan of a local government. And when I mean local government, I mean county level, when it comes to the United States at least. Okay, so um, I totally uh, – yeah, that's why I said federal. But, but, but as far as county, when it, when it comes, local, when it, when it 100%. Federal, I, I, I firmly believe the federal government – should be spending most like 90% of their time focusing on external duties, other countries, tr like trade deals with other corporations, like international, international stuff. We should, we should not have to be think even, we should basically almost forget about that the federal government exists. Right. Unless you try, unless you join. Unless you're interested in it. Right. The average unless American. Work, unless you work for the government, you shouldn't be thinking about the government in any exactly. way, shape, or form. Um, states, I, I'm of the opinion that states need to have way more power than than what we than what they seem to have right now. Um, states should have more control over their own land than the federal government. Um, then obviously we all live in counties. Um, that is your first line of government in many forms. Um, if it's on a county, it's a city. So that is your first line of any kind of government that affects you. Um, if you ask me, if there's going to be any kind of weapon registry, it should be done through the sheriff's department with, uh, with whatever county or city that you reside in. Um, the federal government, honestly, I, I don't think, like I said, the, the federal government shouldn't have any knowledge um, Unless like you have shot up sixteen schools in the course of like six hours, then okay, you might be something that has to get taken care of. Um, but other than that, the federal government shouldn't have to do anything with your with what you have, whether it be a vehicle, guns. If you purchased six limes at the at the restaurant or at the uh, grocery store the other day, the, the federal government should should have to know that kind of stuff. That's not their issue. If any, if any big government has to know about that, let that be a state issue. Let the states determine what they need to know and what they don't need to know about you. And if the states don't care, let that be, let that be a county issue. And if the counties don't care about it, then who, then who cares? Do what you want. That, if you ask me, that's how I should go. So, but that goes to actually expecting people to pay attention at the county and state level. Which, by the way, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. No, they should. People should be because your county and your state is your first line of defense against the the federal government. Because you have way more power at a county level, and you have more power at a state level. 
uh, and you have no power at the federal level whatsoever. Um, I, I will say that uh, I think if a county wants the the sheriff's or police department to register guns and all that kind of stuff, and and the county votes on that, I think that's okay. Or in the case of the town in Georgia where it's against the law if you don't own a gun. I can't remember the name of the town off the top of my head, but there is a town in Georgia. You are legally required to own a gun. Um, and that's what the people voted on. Okay, I, I can understand that because everyone in town owns a gun, so <laughs> um, I, I'm going to assume crime is fairly low. So you don't, you know, you don't really have to worry about um, the county people passing on information to the federal government. But when we have um, a, uh, um, FTA agents, right? Fire, firearms, uh, tobacco, ATF. Thank you, ATF. Sorry. Um, when you have ATF people going, hey, so we saw you bought a couple of guns. Um, can we check one of them? just to make sure that you're not uh, selling them under the table. When the federal government is harassing citizens like that, um, first off, no. And second of all, if uh, anybody that does own a gun that listens to this, if somebody does, if an ATF agent does come to your door asking you about a purchase of guns, you call your local police officers and you tell them that a stranger is knocking at your door trying to uh, see your guns because they have no business in your business. But um, so I think the only it, case that's ever, that the local government is ever not going to work with you on that is if an ATF agent is there with like a local, like a county deputy. And then you, then case, you, then you call a lawyer, it, right? You, you shut case, the door and you call yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. But you still don't show them anything. You don't give them any information. Um, so, you know, again, I agree. I think if the people in the town don't want the government to, the local government to be in their business, I'm okay with that if they want to. Um, I'm all for, I, I just want people to be more involved with their local communities. It's very hard to do at a city level, but if you live in a smaller town outside, um, man, you, you have so much power people don't even understand um but to kind of bring it all back to gun-free zones i obviously everyone you've all said it the gun-free states don't work gun-free zones um especially at schools don't work um that's pretty obvious and um but there there are some and this is kind of a rabbit hole but uh, an important thing to know is that a business can say that it's a gun-free zone, but if it doesn't actually have the correct federal statutes on their sign, um, that's not legally a gun-free zone. So you'll see in federal buildings it'll have specific statutes, and hospitals will also display those statutes and schools should be as well i'm pretty sure they are i haven't been to onto a school campus in a long time because i have no reason to um and so but listen gun-free zones leave vulnerable people vulnerable um in schools and in hospitals 
what's to say that somebody doesn't walk into a hospital and then i mean they can start blasting people in in the commas you know in the place where people go to eat in the gift shop in the reception area and most hospitals have very lax security but if half the people are carrying and somebody tries to shoot up a hospital or you know uh i know there's been a lot of talk in schools where you arm and train teachers so i'm okay with that but mm, my understanding is that most of the like 90% of the teachers in the profession are you know communists <laughs> They're wusses. They don't like guns. They don't want guns. Which, by the way, Karl Marx said, never get rid of your guns. Um, that wasn't the exact quote, but Karl Marx was an advocate of the people not giving up their guns. It, it's never going to happen. Although it should, because it would protect a lot of students. Um, I, do, if, I do agree with you when it comes to teachers um, having guns. And I do realize that not all teachers are going to want to have guns. But even if two or three teachers have a gun on a campus, right. that equalization, right. it makes somebody go, oh, wait, there could be a teacher. And there could be a that, couple of teachers. And let that be known by the students and other faculty that, yes, there are teachers. We're, you don't know gonna, who. We're not going to publish names. We're not going to tell you what division or what campus they work on or whatever. You're not going to um, know who. There, there are yeah. teachers or faculty here that have guns. Um, but even if a, if you ask me, if a faculty member or a teacher or whoever, they don't want to handle a gun, that's fine. But I, if you ask me, I, I would want teachers every single year to go through, a, like go to the local county sheriff or whoever it is and get a weapons handling um, course. Oh, least. they should, yeah, one, it should be, it should be volunteer. It should be volunteer, and and actually, I agree with you. They they should be they should recertify every year, in, and in have, training. Have that, have that be during the summertime when you know. Yeah, exactly. Most, I'm not saying all, obviously some kids they they use summer school, but most of the kids are gone. Uh, a lot of the times, the teachers are using that as their time to create the curriculum for the next year, yep. or or they're spending time having vacation with their loved ones. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, yes, they are. They're still employed by. A lot of times, the school district, which is paid for through the county, yeah. So they're and what's public, what what's two hours of your time? Unless you're in California or somewhere else, it, where it's it's got to be like twenty or fifty hours. hours. I, I in my in my I state would, in my state, basically, you just have to take a, a couple hour course. Um, say, if, if the if them, the instructor finds through, you, I would um, say have them sit through a class, a two to three hour class. For, a, for five days a week, for, for a full week, and that's it. Oh, for, Just... for, te for teachers, I, I would definitely do yes. something a little different because you need si situational training, um, especially if, if you have a gun, but the shooter is not in your classroom. So understanding how to move, how to use, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um... I remember having conversations with some of my high school teachers um, and then you can you can come you can cut me off if you don't if what I'm saying isn't necessarily true because I because you and I went to high school together. Um, I some of the teachers I spoke to, 
like we actually had after so after Sandy Hook uh, out in high school, I remember having multiple conversations with some of my teachers on okay, well, if a school shooting did happen here and we didn't have time to, you know, properly evacuate or properly go through all the steps, and that, and that school shooter decided to go into our classroom, how would we, not necessarily as a, as a school, but how would we, as like all 15 of us in this one room, how would we operate together to either defend ourselves, take that person out, or whatever it is like I'm, i remember distinctly having at least three to four different conversations when i was in high school about that i think they just tell you to get under your desk or stay away from the windows nowadays yes. like yeah. like the, the the training is is terrible but i agree with you like i think the teachers if the if if we're going to arm teachers they need to go through some tactical training gun maintenance um, they need to be shooting their gun maybe once a month. They need to go to a, a, a range and shoot and, and preferably, you know, I, again, I know with a moving target and stuff, it's not perfect, but, you know, there, there could be some things that you could do to, because training makes um, a shooter better. And it also yeah, makes you take care of your weapon and understand how it works and stuff like that. So can I chime in a little bit on something here? Um... Now, I know I mentioned I haven't actually used the gun, but I've, I've read a bit about, you know, how, how they are using often and some terminology. I come across this terminology, trigger discipline. I think that's also something that might be worth talking about and how to exercise uh, for people who are going to be operating uh, firearms. Is that, is that, is that something I'm, I, I feel like that's something that um, maybe some people uh, are not able to grasp, and that also makes it a little... Uh, the, the whole topic uh, a little more complicated for for everyone. No, right. there, there there's basic rules to owning a gun. Um, if, if that's what you're what you're asking, so um, like the the basic rules, mm -hmm. trigger trigger discipline obviously being um, one of them. But but there's four basic rules, so you mm -hmm. know. Okay. Um, the first rule, and and and, and almost uh, Connor probably will back me up on this because most, at least civilian trainers, this is this at least goes with the civilian side, but it also uh, obviously applies to the military. But <clears throat> the first rule is that you treat every gun as if it were loaded, regardless of perceived or actual condition. So we're not talking about your gun. We're not. We're talking about all guns in general at any time that you see one, mm -hmm. wherever you are at. The second rule, and I think this is what you're you're kind of uh, implying, is uh, keep your finger off the trigger until you are ready to shoot. Yeah, that that's the one I want to trigger. Okay, so ba basically, because when because when you aim, when you aim that gun, the idea is that you are going to destroy that target. Mm -hmm. That is that is the idea. Yeah. Um, you always keep gun safe. You keep a gun pointed in a safe direction. You never ever point your weapon at anything you do not intend to shoot. So kind of two and three go together, but still, again, you if you're handling a loaded weapon, your finger is never on the trigger, and it's never pointed at anybody at any time. And then 
um, obviously be sure be sure of your target and know your targets. You, you, like be be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, so I kind of brought that up too because uh, I'm, I'm kind of going back a little bit to the media portrayal. Like, like uh, I see some portrayals in the media of you know when people have guns. I I so I see people pointing out or uh, being it being noted that some portrayals of uh, someone holding a gun might have uh, might not have a, something as simple as a trigger discipline and and then that then that might I don't know uh, the, the, using the media as a, an example could could also give maybe bad influence as well good or bad influence depending on how it's portrayed. Well, but again, remember most people most people in media have never used a gun. They only see pictures and go, oh, that's scary looking. Or mm-hmm. movies and get common misconceptions of it. Right. They they don't yeah. even understand. Because, uh, uh, again, <laughs> Connor, you're not a gun guy. But you, you, you have used a gun enough to understand its function and its utility and how you take care of it. And it's the same as if you owned a vehicle, like a car. You take care of it, you won't have problems, and you know how to use it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Knowing knowing their thing, and and I, I and yeah, John, you mentioned the media, and I could tell there's they're not quite in the know. To put it mildly. <laughs> well, because why why don't they talk about all the car deaths? Well, what? they all they all they all use cars. Recommend this podcast to everybody in the media that don't knows what they're talking about. <laughs> so basically, everybody. <laughs> but I, I, but I know that um, all this talking about arming teachers and and training teachers and those types of things, those types of things. I, I think we would be reminisced if we didn't at least address. Um, some school shootings or mass shootings or uh, maybe maybe Vin and, and Wibbit want to kind of lead us in this discussion as far as what your thoughts and perceptions are or questions about what happened maybe um, since you're not the gun people. Is this a topic? The last topic you said? Uh, the last topic is essentially thoughts on... I'm going to throw out some examples and words will come to me because <laughs> words can be hard sometimes. Uh, do video games cause violence, cause mass shootings? Is uh, mass shootings related to mental issues? Are guns responsible for mass shootings? Like what causes mass shootings? What should we focus our attention on if we're going to focus on like trying to fix this issue? Because uh, the segue I was going to use with uh, the Metal Gear series that you brought up, I believe, um, okay. was yeah. that do video games cause gun violence? Like many mm. people on, not going to lie, I've seen <laughs> both Democrats, Republicans, Fox, yeah. CNN, both sides of the aisle saying video games cause violence, which I am 100%. I blame Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Go. <laughs> I can make so many jokes with that. We need to ban assault pokeballs. People throwing balls at people and knock them out. That's an assault right there. So many car deaths due to Pokemon Go. Not to get off topic, but there there was an episode of Pokemon that was banned because it was in the first season of Pokemon. There was a a, the Safari Zone owner 
literally pulled a gun on one of the main characters in Pokemon, and they had to, to pull the episode because it was a like a six-shooter revolver that the guy pointed a gun at one of the main characters' faces. Um, so yeah, not gonna Pokemon, lie, I do. But that's agree. an actual thing. I do agree with them pulling that uh, episode because that's not showing proper gun discipline. Granted, I haven't seen the episode. I've just heard about it. <laughs> oh, I hope I hope we uh like I I don't know if you already have it planned. I know, hope we have a future podcast that talk about something just like that. What Connor said, uh, you know, in the media and 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 uh, entertainment, even how uh how things are portrayed. Because I have a lot more to say about that actually than I might have on actual guns. I mean, a lot of us, what I'm saying is also has to do with branching out into talking about the media and and uh, and all that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to any podcast that talks more about the media as well. Oh, yeah, there might be. There might be. Uh, yeah. But real quick, um, personal opinion, video games doesn't cause violence. If that were the case, there'd be a lot more violence than there actually is right now. Like, I'm a firm believer on that. Video games don't cause violence. Um, I don't mean to offend anybody by saying this, but if you uh, believe video games cause violence, do your research. Look into it. Don't just say that, because you might find that the other side of the argument might have a point or two that you can actually agree with. Um, yeah. real quick, I don't really want to go too far in depth into this one because I want to focus more on the mass shooting conversation. Do we all agree that video games don't cause violence, uh, with a guy? Uh, yeah, I think it's honestly, uh, and I, and I kind of felt this too when I saw, uh, I was, I was still in high school. I think one of the Grand Theft Auto games was being touted, uh, for with one of the, uh, one of the, some politicians were talking about it. I could already tell it was getting it was getting politicized, and I think that video games are just kind of being used as a scapegoat uh, to to fo to fuel a certain political agenda, and and this comes on both sides as we already mentioned. Um, it, it, you're you're going to start blaming a form of entertainment, art, uh, basically arts and entertainment, um, and and as for for something that a person in real life. Accident. I don't think those people have real touch with reality, and that might be another topic for another day. So, um, but I do believe that video games are not responsible for for violence. It's it's again sensationalizing with with people trying to make it into a a scapegoated topic, a scapegoated uh, scape a scapegoat, and use right. it to fuel their agenda. That's what I believe. I can agree with that. All right, uh, Connor. Do you believe video games cause violence? So I'm in agreement. I don't believe video games cause violence. I do believe um, that they may introduce ideas of how to possibly cause harm to individuals. I mean, you take someone who doesn't, who has no, who has no knowledge of an of an idea. Let's just say, person. Let's just we have GTA Five. Or GTA in, in the mix. So someone does not know the concept of whatever game mechanic is inside GTA. Um, and then the game, you can use that to harm someone in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, that could, be, that could be a way of introducing a way of harm, if you, want, if you want to say. But at that point, I would already 
I would say that that person is already going down the path of causing harm to an individual. Um, and you can't really just, you can't really pause that or stop that. You're, they're already on that path, if you ask me. If they can't tell uh, the difference between make-believe and reality, and which video games do kind of tap into that, then that's where they might need help. Right. It's a so whole nother issue. That would be that would be the parents' fault. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I don't believe video games cause violence. If anything, they may they may introduce ideas. I'm yeah. willing to entertain that idea, but I do not believe that they are a sole reason for violence. Yep. Okay. In any way form. And uh, then uh John, video games, violence, your thoughts. Video games are just a scapegoat for the media to use. Um, they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to deal with the fact that um, guns kill people, or um, you know, people kill people, not guns. Because a pencil doesn't jump up and kill people. A gun doesn't jump up and automatically kill you. A person has to be behind the gun and physically pull that trigger in order to kill a person. They don't want to deal with the mental health aspect of it, and you can see that in what they call quote-unquote gender-affirming care. They don't want to focus on the issue. they rather cast the blame on something else and then point to people that they disagree with or things that they don't like or understand as a very easy scapegoat to not have to deal with human consequences and people's choices that they choose to make. Or, in this case of school shootings, I'm a firm believer of... Um, I want to know that person's background, their family life, their police interactions, their medical records. Those things should be looked at and scrutinized. Um, because what I think you'll find is a pattern, and video games are not going to be it. It's a whole mentality issue. Yeah. Um, I, really quick, I, I want to mention, when, when I was still working in schools, um, one a uh, couple fifth grade kids talked to me about how they played GTA. It was, I think it was one of the newer GTAs at the time. And they they telling me how it feels so real and how, it, how it's so... Um, how, you know, how, it, how it's so... Uh, immersive how they feel like they're really in there and the things that they do which obviously are uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, potentially criminal things that you can do in that game um and and what i told them when i was as someone who was kind of like their teacher i had i told them they were fifth grade again i told them it, it, just try to remember that the video game is a make-believe world it's as as much as it may feel real to you you're still you're still experiencing it because uh, coming out of a TV, and that's not the real world. So as long as you understand the difference between that make believe world and the real world we're in, then uh, you should be fine. Because I mean, I I'd be a little concerned if they're not able to tell the difference between the violent. Uh, definitely a lot of violence goes on in that game, and then whatever goes on in the real world. Uh, that would be my concern. That's that's how I felt as an educator when I was still working at a school at the time. Just wanted to throw that in. Unless unless they're from Chicago or unless you were teaching in <laughs> Chicago or nope. Lacrosse, Wisconsin, where those are like the only two places where GTA is real life. <laughs> but but I will say I, I will say though that studies have shown that that kids that play 
racing games like mm-hmm. um Gran Turismo and Forza. Um, Forza actually have quicker reaction times oh. when driving, and there are studies that do show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and they and they definitely understand something too if they're able to build a you know being controlled that way. I mean, some fifth graders still believe in Santa Claus, so. I believe in Santa Claus. Wait a minute. You're telling me... <laughs> Wait. Whoa. Hold on. Alrighty. <laughs> sorry to I any have, of our viewers told, that I have saw Lord John John's podcast. I'm so sorry, guys. I have ruined it for America. Are you telling me the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist, too? No, no. Tooth Fairy is totally existent. Oh, and it, it, it's, it's also Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the Tooth Fairy, so... All right. Good to know. Anyways, um, leading into this last topic for today's episode. um, Mass shootings. What do you think is the leading cause of these shootings and where should our attention be focused on? I'll give my thoughts here as an example. I think one with as large as mass shootings are and as publicized, or let me retry because I said wrong words there. As large as our country is, because the United States of America is really big, and as publicized as mass shootings are, I don't think it's actually as common as people make it out to be. With that being said, I do believe mass shootings is an issue. I firmly believe it is a mentality issue, depression, the reality versus what's not reality, vengeance, not being able to have an actual outlet for your anger. Um, I don't think it's video games. If anything, I think video games are an outlet for a person's anger. Um, don't take this the wrong way, anybody on the internet listening to this, but I'd much rather somebody commit a mass shooting in a video game than in real life. (laughs) I think we can all agree on that. But, um, I definitely think it's a mentality issue. It seems like Wibbeguy might have a few words to connect with there, so I'll let you go first with it. Hold on, I was just going to say, I like to roam around in a GTA game and not shoot anybody because it reflects my real life. <laughs> no, okay, for real, for real though. Um, real playing for real. Um, I was going to say, I when it comes to mass shootings, uh, people, I, I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. Um, if people don't understand the difference between um, actual reality and maybe a reality in their head, what they perceive, then they are probably more likely to become be an unstable individual, and that's where they might be. Uh, they might become the kind of person we're talking about, a mass shooter. And um, I was also going to say that I think uh, the way the media might be hopping onto this in certain ways and sensationalizing. I feel like the media is treading dangerous waters because even if they sensationalize it too much, they may create a different, a new reality from what is really happening. And that will just that that is just going to make bigger problems to what the than what's already going on. When you sensationalize something, it may actually make even more people do what you're sensationalizing. 
for the yeah. attention. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. All right. Uh, in that case, we're going to move on to Connor. Thoughts about this topic? So I have a bit of a spicy take on this. We need to bring back mental wards. State-run mental wards that are properly maintained. Uh, if someone is showing serious signs of just they like they cannot operate in whatever society, whatever state county it is, throw them in, in a mental ward. I, you, I will argue day and night. They're. Uh, the main reason why we had to get rid of them was because there were many, many, many cases of mental wards uh, just not being properly maintained. A lot of the patients were being misused and abused, which is absolutely horrible. Corruption. At the end of, at, at the, end of the day, you're still a human. If, if, if you can't think that if you, as, as Wibbit was saying, you, for whatever reason, you can't distinguish the difference between what is happening in a book or in a video game to what is happening in real life you can't correlate the two yeah you're still a human at the end of the day we still have to treat you a certain way uh yeah but if you can't determine those differences i'm I'm sorry but you roll you when you were created god rolled a, a poor poor roll the dice or on you i'm sorry it just it, it happens no one is perfect some people can perceive things better than others i'm sorry but if you if you can't determine those few things like that we need to have institutions to, for one to keep you safe from probably either yourself or from other individuals and to to give you the care that you need and when we got rid of mental wards, it, it put all these people pretty much out in the streets because they can't really operate. I have seen many, many times when I was in when I was stationed in San Diego, and my buddies and I would go up to LA for I don't know we were we were to a restaurant or we we're just visiting LA just to, just to visit LA. All of the homeless, most of the homeless that we saw, they're if they weren't on drugs, they're they're mentally insane and and it's because they can't operate in in a in a society and if they need to be put somewhere where they can be cared for and for one that i i guarantee you that will clean up over half of the drug issues that we find in cities right then and there if not more maybe a little bit less depending on depending on situations but we i'll, I'll go back to what i was saying we need to bring back mental wards we need to bring those back. And I, I guarantee you, we bring them back, we will see a decrease in not only shootings, but we'll see a drop in, and I, I guarantee you, drug use. And we'll see drug-related crimes start dropping. That is a, it is a huge puzzle piece, and I, I, will, I will die on this hill. If you don't agree with me, come find me, we can have it discussion about this i i am a firm believer in, in this thank you Seamus. and i would like to point out it's okay to ask for help in general regardless mm-hmm. like mental wards 
many times there's a negative connotation because of their history. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it could be a slippery slope, but it's okay to ask for help if you think if you're one of those that can't distinguish reality versus video games or whatnot it's okay to ask for help it doesn't even have to be mental wards just ask your doctor ask friends ask family ask for help if you have bad thoughts ask just ask for help it's okay um, and it's and it's as easy as dialing 988 on your phone the, su the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, which actually went national in July, 988 will get you to somebody who can help you if you have suicidal thoughts or if you're in a crisis and you need somebody to talk to. It's just that simple. Thank you. And yes, we cannot encourage that part enough. Ask for help. It's okay. Nobody's going to look at you poorly because you ask for help with that being said john any last uh words on the mass shooting topic yeah so i've got a lot of i've got a lot of stuff okay so um man where to start okay so it starts with the family people easily had had way more access to guns for the better part of the entirety of our country, and we didn't have mass shootings. In fact, we didn't have our first serial killers until the early 70s, late late 60s. Um, so A, there was a breakdown in the family. I think that's a huge part. Now, are there some people that have mental issues? Yes. And those people need to get their the help that they need. We also have, and I'm I'm trying not to get on a tangent. I promise you, uh, Vin. We also have a problem in the healthcare system where they are trying to push health equity, which is essentially um, socialized medicine in how they treat patients. So if you're a white patient, you are less likely to be treated than if you were a patient of color. This is bad. Because this means that the people that need help, regardless of their origin, are actually going to be have a higher chance of doing something bad, like a school shooting or a mass shooting. Um, another thing that needs at least to be brought up, and we can discuss this at a later episode, uh, the Ovalde shooting the police officers were there for over an hour before they did anything. The gun, the gunman was shooting outside the school 15 minutes prior from actually going into the school. Things could have happened that ha would have prevented anyone from getting hurt or minimalizing these kids and teachers from getting hurt at the school. But the media is going to focus more on the Ovalde shooting and not what went wrong, but just the fact that it happened than the 22-year-old kid in Indiana that put eight bullets into a, a gunman who didn't get to kill anybody because he took that mf -er out very, very quick. 
the people in the media, the politicians, they don't they don't care about they don't care about people. They don't care about fixing the problem. They want to use it as a political uh, posturing message, whatever. So it will be up to us at a smaller local level to enact change. And hopefully that change is good enough that it picks up on the uh, statewide level and possibly at a federal level. But um, again, mental health is a big issue. It, was, it wasn't a big issue until 70 or 80 years ago. So we need to figure out what the hell went wrong. And I think a lot of that has to do with with the breakdown of the families. Um, not having father figures in place. The, uh, the push towards uh, single parenthood or single motherhood. Um, and then selfish parents, too. Uh, I actually speak yeah. from experience about the uh, single parent thing. Thing. It's it's harder to succeed when you come from a single parent household. Yeah, I feel and, that. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's it for 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 growing um young men. You don't if if you're raised by your mom. And by the way, moms are awesome. We love moms. But it's hard to know how to be a man without a positive father figure around. Obviously, there's some bad people. But what I'm saying is that th there is a breakdown in the family. And I think if you can fix that, and you can fix the morals that have obviously eroded over the last 50, 60 years, and you you know bring that back into the family, you're going to you're going to cut out a lot of these issues and then the people that actually need the mental health because there are people that are going to need it can get a much better um they can be much better taken care of and helped uh and this and again I think this goes a lot deeper there's a lot of other things I could um touch on but um, we're we're rocking pretty hard on time, so I don't want I want to push it. I just hope that we can uh, come back again with another episode about uh, this topic, and hopefully explore even more um, areas as well. Oh, we will. We haven't even gotten into ghost guns and a whole bunch of other topics. Oh man, <laughs> listen, we 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 didn't even we didn't even I don't even we didn't even scratch the surface on this and. I'm bummed that, that 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 Millie had to go because um, I know she she was presenting um, kind of a, a counter argument that honestly we probably wouldn't I don't we wouldn't have even gotten through half the topics because the conversation I think would have been super super great we would have really gotten into some nitty gritty stuff so I'm excited for her to come back on the podcast because I always love having her um, and obviously I I love hanging out with Connor like. It means a lot to me, and Wibbit Guy is one of my favorite streamers in the world. And to get to spend time with him outside of stream, this is just—it's been a blessing. So, it makes me blush, John. <laughs> I do—I do what I can. Now, cue the doom music. No. All right. <laughs> and with that, let's remind everyone where they can follow us. Uh, guess 
Where can they follow you? Let's start with Connor. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of this wonderful podcast, I have zero social media. Um, you try finding me on any platform, whether it be my name, Connor, or as I've been referred to several times at this podcast, Seamus, um, you will not find me. If you think you have found me, you are sadly wrong. I, I don't ever see that changing in the near future. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, get with either Ben or John or any of the other guests in this podcast, and you can communicate um, from there. Um, yeah. Uh, just go to Libet, I guess. Uh, yeah, you can find me. I, I'm still kind of limited on some of my social media. I only mainly use, I stream on Twitch and uh, I might still upload stuff on YouTube. Those are mostly the ones I'm most active in. And I use the same name, Wibbit Guy. Uh, sometimes maybe the be one word, but otherwise uh, you can find me on those. I'm trying to get an Instagram going as well. I, I don't really see any of that going. I, my Twitter is dead, but otherwise, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically still kind of uh, putting putting uh, putting myself out there and just starting. But you can find me on a few uh, platforms. And I am Sophomore John, uh, a content creator and a video game streamer. I play good games, bad games, and usually terrible games, but I always try to find that uh, diamond in the rough. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitch, Twitter, Mines, and Rumble at Sophomore John, S-O-P-H-M-O-R-E-J-O-H-N. It is spelled incorrectly because sometimes the English language doesn't understand that sophomore is better spelled incorrectly. And with that, I pass that on to my host and good friend, Ventornado. Thank you. And uh, I would like to remind everybody, you can follow Miliana Moo on Twitch, and I believe Twitter. Uh, that is M-I-L-L-I-A-N-A-M-0-0. She is awesome, and you should totally check her out. She's my phasmophobia, buddy. <laughs> uh, Love as, you. <laughs> as for me, I am Ventor, and can be found on most alternative and a couple mainstream uh, platforms under the name Ventornado. That is V-E-N-T-O-R-N-A-D-O. That includes, but is not limited to, Minds, Gab, YouTube, and Rumble. For Twitch, just slap on a number one at the end and you'll find me there. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and a special thank you to our guests. We are out. Hey.